With the presidential election less than two months away, the DPP's candidate Lai Qingde and his running mate Xiaobi Kim went on a campaign trip to Hualien, where Xiao ran for legislator four years ago. Back on her home turf in front of 6,000 ardent supporters, Xiao, now as the vice presidential candidate, choked back tears as she talked about her beloved East Coast city. I am very touched when I see you. After three and a half years, Hualien, I am back. I took the Zixiang train, which I fought for. Just now I passed through a dark tunnel and tested my phone. We Hualien people also need to use communication and access the internet in the tunnels. I fought hard for it back then and found that it has improved a lot, right? We can now make calls in the tunnels. Ambassador Xiaobi Kim, who has been nurtured and supported by the good folks of Hualien, is called a cat warrior by the international community. Her gentleness and agility is in sharp contrast to the Chinese wolf warrior, who is rude and barbaric. They are poles apart. One is a symbol of democracy, and the other is a representative of totalitarianism. Having worked both at the local level and in the international community, Xiaobi Kim comes with a complete resume. Lai Qingde took the opportunity to spell out the significance behind the Lai Xiao ticket. With more than 40 days to go before the election, the DPP has put forth two strong leaders striving to continue its governance. Taiwan's representative to the U.S., Xiaobi Kim, is now the running mate of DPP presidential candidate Lai Qingde. In a televised interview over the weekend, Xiao revealed why she acquiesced to the challenge. As for the alleged U.S.'s mistrust of Lai, who has called himself a pragmatic worker for Taiwanese independence, Xiao pointed out that of all the candidates, Lai is the one who insists on continuing to follow President Tsai Ing-wen's path of diplomacy. In a televised interview over the weekend, Xiaobi Kim related how she accepted Lai Qingde's invitation to be his running mate. I kept telling him that Taiwan has so many people with better political abilities than me, who are more eloquent than me, or even have greater ambitions than me, while I've reached the stage of being uninterested in fame and fortune. So I have never felt there was ever the need to consider me for this position, and I have never imagined myself in this position. But President Tsai is very caring. She's a bit like a mother. However, my running in the election means that she needs to think about who will take over the position of representative in the U.S., and she still needs to make some arrangements. But she wasn't the key factor in my decision. There were many Taiwanese folks who tried to persuade me because they were concerned about the political atmosphere in Taiwan a few weeks ago and our place in the international community. While Xiao mentioned how caring President Tsai was, her decision to accept the invitation to run had more to do with the presidential candidate himself. I think he's a warm-hearted doctor, and since he's a doctor, he wants to take care of people. For example, during our discussion, he mentioned that I should come back to Taiwan to run in the election. I told him that this would make my stomach ulcer more serious. And then he said, well, I happen to be a doctor. I can help you with that. In fact, he has this warm side, 
but he is also insistent and serious at the same time. While the Lai Xiao ticket is for the continuation of the DPP's governance, there has been talk of the U.S. mistrusting Lai due to his pro-independent stance. Xiao reiterated that she and Lai would stay on the path of the Tsai administration. I think of all the democratically elected presidents of Taiwan, the one that the U.S. has trusted the most is President Tsai Ing-wen. Among all the current candidates, the one who insists the most on continuing to follow President Tsai Ing-wen's foreign relations path is Lai Qingde. Americans trust Tsai Ing-wen's path, so we will continue on the same path, continue to strengthen Taiwan, continue to connect with the international community, and continue to work very responsibly to maintain peace and stability across the Taiwan Strait. That's something most trusted by our American friends. From cross-strait relations to relations with the U.S., Xiao firmly stated her ideas as Lai's running mate aiming for victory in January. With interest in e-books growing, fewer people are spending time browsing the shelves of bookstores nowadays, and bookstores are undergoing changes to adapt. After 35 years in operation, Kingstone Books Yongkang Street location in Taipei closed on Sunday. Meanwhile, a lead bookstore's location in the city's Xinyi district will close on Christmas Eve after 18 years of selling books. In the future, when I have kids, I'll tell them that this building used to be an elite bookstore. I came up from Taichung to see it one last time. I came here today especially for this. Of course, it's a shame that it's closing, but technology is changing. These days, the bookstore is only able to sell things like stationery or sporting goods. Revenue and foot traffic are probably more than 40% less than those of 30 years ago. In the future, this space will be used as a center for cultural exchanges and will gradually come to host events such as reading clubs and literary discussions. Kingstone said as consumer habits change, the integration of online and brick-and-mortar stores will become a trend. Next year, the company plans to open five to ten more stores, but larger stores are to be a thing of the past. There are many motorcycles in Taiwan, but they're mostly light motorcycles and scooters. Big bikes, which are motorcycles with a displacement of 250 cc or higher, are still a small minority in Taiwan's motorcycle world. Now big bike owners are demanding more rights, such as the right to get on the national freeways. On Sunday afternoon, more than 300 big bike owners staged a protest by surrounding the transportation ministry. In addition to demanding the right to ride on national freeways, the bikers also wanted to be able to park in regular motorcycle parking spaces, be able to make a left turn without having to make the two-point turn at intersections, and be allowed to ride on the inside lane. Taiwan's Road Traffic Management and Penalty Act was amended in 2012, allowing motorcycles with a displacement of more than 550 cc on freeways. But since the amendment, the government has only allowed big bikes on Freeway 3A. 
Tonight, we meet a teen who's short in stature but mighty in heart. 16-year-old Wu Yuyan is a winner of the 2023 Presidential Education Award. She was born with a condition called achondroplasia, which causes dwarfism. But she's refused to let that define her. Wu discovered badminton in primary school and by junior high was already representing Taiwan at international competitions. She's currently enrolled in the athletics program at New Taipei Senior High School, where she endures intense training every day. Her talent, grit and sunny disposition are an inspiration to those who know her. Our Sunday special report. It's 7 a.m. and practice is underway at New Taipei Senior High School. The boys on the badminton team are all 175 centimeters or above, while the girls aren't far behind. Standing out in the crowd is Wu Yuyan, who is just 115 centimeters tall. Every day, the team completes 10 laps around the field. Wu has achondroplasia, a bone growth disorder that results in dwarfism. Her strides are shorter and she often lags behind the pack, but her determination always gets her to the finish line. It hurts me to watch her. I don't like watching her train because she gets so exhausted. When she first joined the athletics program, she told us every day that she was tired. I told her to quit, to transfer to a regular class. But she said to me, this is my passion. I just wanted to have a bit of a moan to a sympathetic ear. No matter how tough training can be, Wu is determined to stick it out. She comes into her element when she's on the court, racket in hand. For her, every shot seems far away. She needs to exert extra effort, move extra fast, and to be extra focused to reach the shuttlecock. So she's got more grit than most. The 16-year-old is a high school freshman. She joined the badminton team in junior high after starting the sport relatively late. But her talent and willpower have launched her on an adventure as a national team para-athlete. Playfully pushing her luggage, Wu joins her team at the airport. This June, Wu went to Ottawa for 10 days to compete in the Canada Para-Badminton International. The goal was to earn qualification points for the 2024 Paralympic Games in Paris. I need to really focus on my training so that I get good enough to make it to the end. 
who began competing internationally in the ninth grade. At the 2022 Dubai Para Badminton International, she competed in the standing slash short stature category, winning bronze in women's singles and silver in women's doubles. On the BWF Para Badminton World Rankings, she's currently 6th in women's singles and 3rd in women's doubles. The Canada trip was her 11th international appearance, but that didn't stop her parents from worrying. Playing with partner Tsai-Lin, Wu won silver in women's doubles at the Canada Para Badminton International. This is my room. Welcome to my humble abode. This is where I usually sleep. I only sit in that chair over there when I need to study for the sectional exams. This is where I keep my medals. This is from Buran, and this is from Buran. This one is from Thailand. Thailand's medal is very beautiful. This one is from Canada. And this one is from Brazil. With hard work and a steely resolve, she's made a place for herself on the international stage. Behind her success is a close and happy family. Laughter rings out as her family examines old photos. 16 years ago, when Wu's mother was expecting her second child, prenatal testing showed that the child would have a genetic mutation that causes stunted bone growth. At just four months old, Wu had a 14-hour surgery to treat hydrocephalus. This is her as a bright-eyed baby. Tucked under her pink cap is a tangle of plastic tubes. There were so many tubes. She was so small. But there were tubes everywhere. I saw them and was about to cry, but her father had already started crying. Her father is such a crybaby. He's very emotional, always crying. No matter how touching the story, a comical side appears when Wu's mother tells it. During her mother's interview, Wu and her father and sister watched, munching on popcorn and enjoying the show. For families coping with a rare disease, laughter can heal what medicine can't. I told her to look in the mirror. I said, look at your arms, and she moved her arms. I said, what about your legs, and she moved them. I said, so how are you different from anybody else? She looked at herself and said, I'm shorter than other people. I said, you are shorter than other people, but you have arms and legs just like everybody else. Anything they do, you can too. This world isn't as bad as you might think. You may not necessarily think it's evil, but you might wonder, why are they looking at me? They must be looking at me because I look different. They are laughing at me because I'm so short. But in reality, people might simply be curious. Don't let such things affect your view of the world. Wu dances and skateboards, never letting her condition dictate what she can or can't do. In high school, she bought a guitar that was as tall as she was to add some music to her life. If I want to do 
If I really want to do something, I ignore all the reasons and all the things stopping me. My stature might impose limitations, but I'll still want to do it. Thirty-six-year-old Sheng Xiaoyuan, a former national team player himself, had introduced Wu to para-athletics. He's all too familiar with the self-imposed constraints of people with rare conditions. He knows that sports can be a way to break free. Xiaoyuan led Yu Yan into sports, helped her blaze a path for herself. Xiaoyuan did it first, and it was very difficult. He taught her how to land better results. This is mentorship. It's also one person with a disability supporting another. During a break, Wu drinks water and wipes away sweat before pulling out a comb to straighten her bangs. Noticing the camera, she flashes an endearing smile. She's integrated seamlessly into a mainstream high school with mainstream students, mainstream classmates. Her optimism, candidness and joy are far beyond how we were in our youth. Here at the school, Wu is comfortable and confident. Her height distinguishes her from her classmates, but she's very much one of them. The three girls have been in the same athletics program since junior high. They share a special bond, which became clear during one practice session when Wu hit a shuttlecock too high. One of her friends rushed forth to smash it, but accidentally slammed her racket into the other friend. Distraught and racked with guilt, Wu burst into tears, triggering a domino effect. <laughs> it was a very upsetting moment that became funny, because all three of us were crying on the court. The other girls weren't sure what was happening. I think that Yu Yan embodies positivity. When she interacts with people, she leads them in a direction that's positive, proactive, and optimistic. New Taipei Senior High School nominated Wu for the 2023 Presidential Education Award. She didn't disappoint, becoming one of 56 finalists picked from 351 nominees. I want to thank the people who have supported me, my mom and dad, my coach, classmates. I feel that this award belongs to the people who have been at my side helping me. Wu believes that although her legs are shorter, she can make up for it by running faster and working harder. 
Her height falls below her peers, but she can jump higher and set her sights farther. Badminton is her goal, and shining on the international stage is her dream. If you have a dream but you can't endure hardship, then how will you make that dream come true?